The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. The driver of a U-Haul in custody after plowing into pedestrians in New York City. Eight people hurt what police are saying about that driver. And let it be a lesson for us all in Austin Man's battle with his homeowners association over a flag, what the rules say. The winds become a big problem tonight with alerts in place. How it will impact your Valentine's Day coming up. And thanks so much for joining us. I'm Jennifer Sanders. I'm Daniel Marine. Well, it's unprecedented in peacetime. The U.S. military has now shot down four aerials flying over the U.S. and Canada. Three of them since Friday. And the military is now working to recover and study that wreckage to try to figure out the purpose and their origin. And as Alice Barr reports now, a bipartisan drumbeat for answers is growing louder on Capitol Hill. Mounting questions today and growing demands for transparency after a busy and concerning weekend in the skies over North America. U.S. fighter jets shooting down three unidentified flying objects since Friday. Efforts are actively underway right now at all sites to find what is left of those objects so that we can better understand and communicate with the American people what they are. A National Security Council spokesman briefing reporters today amid bipartisan criticism that the White House hasn't done enough to explain what's going on. The commander-in-chief owes the country some answers. Here's what we do know. Just yesterday, the U.S. Air Force shot down an object over Lake Huron between Michigan and Canada. It follows similar incidents over frozen Alaskan waters on Friday and the Canadian Yukon on Saturday. The U.S. military on high alert since shooting down a Chinese spy balloon nine days ago after that flew across the mainland U.S., causing the Pentagon to look more closely for these types of objects. Adjusting of the radar um, sensitivities, which means we're seeing more things than we um, would normally see. Officials say all three objects shot down over the weekend were much smaller than the Chinese spy balloon. They were unmanned and did not appear to be self-propelled. They were flying lower, low enough to potentially interfere with civilian air traffic. And while the objects could be for something benign, like scientific research, the military couldn't rule out surveillance. Answers may wait in the downed wreckage, with recovery crews now navigating remote and treacherous conditions. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. And the White House is making the point that these objects also flew during past administrations and over other countries. It argues that this administration is now doing more to track them, including setting up a new interagency task force. A man driving a U-Haul truck struck and injured at least eight pedestrians in New York City before police pinned the vehicle against a building. Now, two of the eight people are in critical condition. Two others are in serious condition. The truck sped through the Bay Ridge neighborhood in Brooklyn before police stopped it more than three miles away near the entrance to a tunnel leading from Brooklyn to Manhattan. The 62-year-old driver was arrested. The van had Arizona license plates. Investigators say there is no indication this is terrorism, but they are still investigating. Governor Greg Abbott told a crowd in Dallas Saturday he would support bills introduced this session to block transgender students from competing on sports teams that match their gender identity on a collegiate level. And the state already has a similar ban for kindergarten through 12th grade. The question now, though, is will he make it one of his legislative priorities? Watch the governor reveal those priorities during his State of the State address. You can watch that right here. 
here Thursday night at 7 o'clock on KXAN and KXAN.com. Austin City Manager Spencer Cronk sent an email to city staff today highlighting the city's accomplishments in the five years that he's been at the helm. Now, this comes ahead of Wednesday's City Council meeting, where an agenda item includes authorizing payment of severance benefits to Kronk and another item for the potential appointment of an interim city manager. Kronk issued a statement Saturday night after the agenda items were posted, saying that he remains city manager and no actions have been taken by the new mayor or the council to change his responsibilities or role. Now, in May of last year, Austin voters, you'll remember, rejected a proposition that would have replaced the position of city manager with an elected mayor as a chief executive of the city. For more on how that would have worked and examples of other city government's functions, just explore this story over at KXAN.com. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Yeah, I'm in for Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans this week, and I'll tell you what, we've got some pretty active weather over the next few days, and it begins with a little bit of light rain and falling out in the hill country. None of this is very heavy, but it marks the start of some changes today. Very comfortable upper 60s underneath those mainly cloudy skies. We can see that from our Palms car wash camera up there in northwest Austin. Current temperature being 68 degrees, and that's in good company. we got a lot of us in the upper 60s, if not even some low 70s down there in Caldwell County. As far as the winds go, they're going to get a whole lot worse before they get better. So there's your first warning. I'll tell you these southeast winds coming at us at about 20 to 25 miles per hour will double overnight. They're going to spin a little bit more out of the west southwest as we get into tomorrow. Where are we going this evening? Well, our temperatures will be slow to cool. That's the nice thing is that cloud blanket drops some of that heat. So it's not going to be a frigid cold night by any means. We only bottom out in the 50s, but the rain chances are are going to creep up slowly at first 10 to 20% and then they'll max out at 50% overnight but no heavy rain anticipated it is all going to be very light sprinkles if you will so coming up gusty winds that's going to be the main headline here everybody will be impacted by those winds we've got some spring warmth coming in ahead of our next cold front but with a cold front comes cooler temperatures behind it and we finish the week much different than how we start. So I'll fill you in on all those details coming up in your first morning forecast. All right, Kristen, thank you very much. A driver in East Montgomery County, north of Houston, is dead after crashing into a moving train. The crash caused the train to derail around 7.30 this morning on Highway 59. At least 12 rail cars derailed. No additional injuries were reported. We will soon get to see a report produced by the special grand jury that investigated efforts by former President Donald Trump to overturn his narrow 2020 election loss in Georgia. Today, a judge has ordered parts of it to be released, and those sections include the introduction, conclusion, and the section in which the jury expressed some concern that some unidentified identified witnesses may have lied under oath. They will be made public Thursday. The Austin Bergstrom International Airport is getting two more international destinations this summer. Copa Airlines will begin nonstop service to Panama City beginning in July and Canadian airline WestJet will begin nonstop service to Calgary in May. These new additions mean a U.S. now has, a U.S. I should say, now has directly serves 18 international destinations. Southwest also plans to add service to Jacksonville, Florida and Pittsburgh starting in September. Just ahead, incredible rescue six days after that earthquake in Turkey and the criticism Twitter is receiving for trying to charge rescuers. An Austin homeowner is challenging a citation from his homeowners association. 
what it says and what you should know if you receive something similar. And what a new report says about mental health conditions and teenagers across the globe. New video from southern Turkey showing the moment last Monday's 7.8 magnitude earthquake hit. You can see that behind me. Just before dawn, that area began to shake violently, causing buildings to collapse, some falling down entirely in just a matter of seconds. You can see people fleeing into the streets as those buildings began to fall. The number of people dead in Turkey and Syria has grown to more than 35,000. Officials in Turkey say they will investigate the collapses to see of building regulations hadn't been enforced, and so far 113 people have been detained as part of that investigation. And while rescue missions turn into recovery missions, a surprising number of people are still being pulled from the rubble alive. In Hatay, rescue workers reached a 17-year-old girl who had been trapped for six days. She told them she wasn't hurt, but that she fell into a hole and couldn't get out. Now, in another city, rescuers pulled a nine-year-old boy from under a collapsed building and placed him on a backboard. You can see he looked around with wide eyes at everyone around him as he talked to emergency workers who saved him. And then back in Hatay, an 11-year-old girl and her 35-year-old father were both pulled free from the rubble of another building. And then elsewhere, a rescue team from El Salvador dug out a child and a woman who were trapped for six days. Coming up right here at 530, NBC Nightly News got access to a hospital to speak with earthquake survivors. Gabe Gutierrez and team were the first U.S. TV crew allowed inside this hospital in Adana. Now, this hospital has treated about 4,000 quake victims. About 200 of them are still here, including some of the smallest survivors. Tonight, Gabe speaks with a father and daughter who were trapped together for more than 100 hours. Well, thousands of volunteer software developers have been using a crucial Twitter tool to comb the platform for calls for help from quake survivors and connecting them with rescue organizations. So that includes people posting their location inside collapsed buildings. Today, though, is the deadline Twitter set for shutting off free access to its API or application developer interface. People could lose access to the tool unless they pay Twitter a monthly fee of at least $100, which is very prohibitive for the many volunteers as well as the nonprofits. I got to give a shout out to my new friends at Jacobs Well Elementary. I got to do a school visit with their fifth graders on Friday, talking all things Central Texas weather and the weather down there near Wimberley. So thank you guys so much for having me, Jacobs Well. I'll tell you, polling count for today. Not too bad. Mold came in at medium levels this morning. Cedar at low, but I think this is going to change in a not so good way with the wind we've got coming up overnight. I'll tell you what to expect in your first morning forecast. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. There was a major mix-up with a neighbor who was asked to take his pride flag down by his homeowners association in South Austin. And now the HOA is saying it was all a big misunderstanding. Our multicultural reporter, Jayla Washington, looked into what happened and what you should know if you're ever in this situation. Good boy. The time of day he walks his dog is something Avery Grant says he thinks twice about now. <laughs> this after getting a notice to take down his pride flag on Friday. Well, that's a direct attack on me as someone who's in the LGBTQ community. So I felt afraid. 
it was an immediate fear reaction. It's a feeling he can't shake. Let's see. He read part of the notice from the Park Ridge HOA to me. It is particularly important to ensure that the properties within our community are attractive and properly maintained because it enhances the character, appearance, and value of the community as a whole. The notice goes on to say only U.S., Texas, or an official military flag are allowed. That's per state covenant, condition, and restrictions, and state law, it says. Is that a legit claim that it's state law, that you can only have these sorts of flags? Not quite. State law, it allows subdivisions and HOAs to ban certain things. Now, the Park Ridge HOA attorney told me management incorrectly worded the violation notice sent to Grant, saying they should have asked him to submit an architectural application for a new flagpole, which is a requirement per its rules. But if an HOA did want to restrict what kind of flags are allowed in a community, it could, but only after having an open meeting. So people will get to have a chance to comment. Grant is happy he won't have to take his flag down, but isn't sure how this sort of miscommunication happened, making him feel uncomfortable in his own neighborhood. It felt like a diverse, you know, neighborhood, and I felt like I would fit in. Jayla Washington, KXAN News. And if you find yourself in a similar situation, the HOA lawyer that we spoke with says you should read your violation notice carefully and go through with a hearing process if the HOA offers it. Now, this story started as an email to report it at kxan.com. That's where you can send us your tips, your pictures, your videos. You'll also find the reported tab on our website and the KXAN News app. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Let's begin with a look at what's going on on radar because, yeah, that's a little bit of light rain trying to fall on us out in the hill country. Nothing very heavy, a little spit, if you will, but the clouds will stay, and we're going to be watching for increasing rain chances overnight into tomorrow. Live look outside from our Lorenz and Lorenz 360 camera. This is out in the West Hills looking back at the skyline. The clouds are going to stay with us, and the winds will too. In fact, winds get worse as we transition past sunset. Right now, the winds out of the south-southeast already gusting over. Over 20 miles per hour. Yes, they're going to get worse and they're going to be nasty. So the wind advisory starts at 9 p.m. and it continues tomorrow morning through about lunchtime is when this is expe expected to expire, I should say. But those gusts up to 45 miles per hour. I mean, this is going to be something everybody will notice. Watch as I put this into motion starting now. You notice the winds coming out of the southeast around 9 o'clock already starting to get stronger. And then this is going to continue tomorrow morning, 4, 5, 6, a.m. coming out of the south gusting to 40 miles per hour and this is going to continue to get worse here. This is tomorrow late morning. We've got winds out of the west southwest now gusting 35 to 45 miles per hour. So ladies, not a skirt day tomorrow, not a lip gloss day because those winds are going to pretty much be with us all day. They just slowly start to lighten up as we get past lunchtime. What do our skies look like? Well, tonight it's cloudy with a couple of light spots of rain here. This is what our models are showing overnight. Now, as you can see, it does look a little better as we transition into tomorrow morning, but this is still going to be very light in intensity, maybe a couple hundredths of an inch, if anything at all. 
all, but it's gone by the time we hit around 10, 11 a.m. So your Valentine's Day is pretty much going to be windy, but it's not going to be rainy. I love to use the holiday graphics. You're going to see a lot of them today and into tomorrow. So let me show you what our Valentine's Day evening looks like by 5 p.m. Upper 70s. So that's one thing is, yeah, it's windy, but hey, it's warm for February standards. Low 70s by 7 p.m. 9 o'clock, we eventually start to touch those low 60s. What's the weather setup? I got two storms for us. One is actually impacting the desert southwest now. That's going to kick out and put a draw line through the area over the next 12 hours. We got another storm in the wings, too, and this is going to drag cold front through the area middle of the week. So what's it going to do to our weather? Well, the light rain chances will be here tonight and this is tomorrow morning. As you can tell, tomorrow evening, not something I'm worried about. Wednesday, we get a little bit of a breeze, maybe a 10% chance of some light rain coming in ahead of this cold front. I do expect overnight Wednesday into Thursday morning, 20% chance of showers firing up along that cold front, but it's a quick mover. I mean, it's out of here by the time we hit midday Thursday, and then it's just going to be cloudy skies. It looks like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm not convinced we're going to see rain just yet for your weekend, so I'm not going to include it yet, but of course, we'll keep an eye on it. So your seven-day forecast, let's put it together for you. Windy conditions, temperatures tonight, upper 50s. Way better than the low 40s we should be waking up with, so we'll call that mild. 20% chance of rain for just tomorrow morning. We're talking maybe a couple of hours past sunrise, and that's it. And then dry tomorrow afternoon, 10% chance of a little shower. Maybe shower is a strong word. We'll go with some light pockets of rain Wednesday. 20% chance as we get into the overnight hours Thursday morning. Windy conditions Thursday too. So yeah, we're starting to talk red flag warnings, maybe some fire weather concerns as we get into the middle to later part of the week. But You'll notice temperatures cooler as we get into the start of the weekend there. That's the damage done by that cold front. So 50s in the afternoon. One big thing I want you guys to know. Friday morning, Saturday morning, we're going to see some near widespread freezes. So make sure you're marking your calendars. The pets and the sensitive plants need to come inside. We do see some temperature modifications as we get into the back half of your weekend. Well, just ahead, a concerning report from the CDC. What it says about the mental health of teenagers in this country. And ahead of that nightly news report, we're learning mental health conditions are increasing worldwide, especially for teenagers with anxiety and depression. And Erica Edwards breaks down some new data highlighting the growing problem. The CDC has released new data on the mental health status of American teenagers, finding unprecedented levels of hopelessness, feelings of sadness, suicidal thoughts, even violence, especially toward teen girls. According to that new CDC report, 30% of teen girls had seriously considered dying by suicide over the past year. That's up by nearly 60% over the past decade, 18% said that they had experienced some kind of sexual violence and shockingly 14 percent of our young teen girls said that they had been raped that's more than one in ten now the report also looked at the mental health status of gay lesbian bisexual and questioning youth finding that these young people 52 percent of these young people reported poor mental health 22 percent had actually attempted suicide within the past year. Now, the CDC is calling for an increase in programs in schools like sex ed to try to start helping address these issues. Advice for parents, however, talk to your kids early and often. Normalize the conversation about mental health. Erica Edwards, NBC News.
And just last week, we told you about a new resource for students at Austin Community College's Eastview campus who face mental health challenges. Now, the Amplify Center will offer personalized support and guidance to ACC Eastview students ages 18 to 29. It's part of a two-year pilot program with UT Dell Medical Center. You can find more information at KXAN.com. All right, tonight on KXAN, we've got America's Got Talent, all stars at 7 o'clock. The finals begin next week, so if you've missed out, you can catch up on the top moments with tonight's finals preview. And then at 9 o'clock, it's Magnum PI before we're back with KXAN News at 10. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.